Is that a topic yet? Yeah. Fratelloni's HR <laughs> Garden Stores. <laughs> Thank you. Garage Logic Podcast number 289. Uh, What's check, this? What the hell check, is today? Check. December 19th, 2019. <laughs> 52 degrees was the high on this day in 1923. And 29 below. We hit 29 below in 1983. Mm-hmm. Oh, M80. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king. Fireworks Commissioner right? and Keeper of Common right, Sense, your mayor, <laughs> Joe Suchere. I'm going to get this out of the way right away. I'm not going to make people wait. Yesterday, we had a, a great sense win from Australia because we are being sold now the hysteria of Australia really suffering uh, a terrible heat wave. Uh, look up, Rook, and have it ready to go. Uh, you give me more than four seconds. Yeah, but yeah. I want it. This is all offered to me in... Uh, Celsius, and I need it in Fahrenheit. Got it. Uh, I was alerted to this by an emailer, and the link that he provided would not print. But I was so uh, interested, I went and found it. I went to the Google. Uh, the Daily Mail uh, printed, and this is from a Feb- February 2017. Uh, temperatures above 38 degrees for nearly a month. So what would that be in Fahrenheit? What, what would 38 degrees Celsius be in Fahrenheit? And this is why I need a laptop, so I can get this quickly. It's on its way, bro. The order has been placed. Your laptop will be here, hopefully, before the end of the year. So what do you want to know? I want to know what is... <laughs> 38 degrees Celsius equals what in Fahrenheit? What is 38 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? That would be 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit. 104. Temperatures above 104 degrees for nearly a month. Bushfires burning across country and people dropping dead in the streets. That was the reality of a 24-day heat wave which killed 437 people in Australia in January 1896. Wow. So what you're being sold today is is an extreme weather event was described as feeling like a furnace and recorded much higher temperatures in the East Coast uh, is set to uh, swelter. And here's the old uh, newspaper copy of it. It was a deadly toll. It was uh, in 1896, 24 straight days of about 104 degrees. Have you seen the news today? Mm-hmm. They broke yesterday's record right. today, or right. the day before's yesterday, right. however you look at what it. What is 48.9 Celsius? 48.9 oh, Celsius. What is 48.9 Celsius in Fahrenheit? 120. Well, they reached that, too. That would be 120 degrees Fahrenheit. That a boy, Johnny. Cattle were dying. Mr. FYI. Well, Rush fires took right place. Computer. Uh, here's an article from January 1896. The heat was sending people insane, leaving them well, helplessly wandering the streets before collapsing. Why are they selling it to us this way, then? No, no, Such? this is a February 2017 story about a noted heat wave in Australia. And I'm comparing it to the hysteria you're trying to be sold today. Yeah. This is the, why what, are they doing this? Because because the new template is that every event of, of nature now has to be presented in terms of climate change. It's never been this bad. It's, it's it, but this was a 24 day stretch, an unprecedented record. So there, I, I just wanted to get that out of the way. 
In other parts of the country, temperatures had not dropped below 37 degrees Celsius since late 1895. Are you kidding me? Wait, what? In other parts of the country during the 1896, 24-day uh, uh, oh, okay. on the East Coast, in other parts of the country, temperatures had not dropped below 37 degrees since late 1895 <laughs> into January of 1896. And these stats are available to everyone, right? You can go find these sense. So if you're going to do call I, it a crisis or I, something, you would, you haven't done your homework. I, I feel it's my duty to do it. Right. All right. Okay, so Trump got impeached. Shows like this can't go without mentioning that or attempting to discern it. Uh, I'm, on, I'm of the school of thought that believes this gets him reelected. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Okay, what about the future? And let, me, let, me, let, me, let me explain why I think this gets him reelected. I think the American public uh, is not buying the act of, of, of the left, which portrayed itself as so somber and so, so reverential to the Constitution and, and so uh, self-apologetic for having to do such a thing. I think it's become evident to the people of America that they've, they've wanted to accomplish this since day one. They have. Now it goes to the Senate where he'll, he'll be acquitted, and then he'll use this. Uh, don't you think, Johnny? He'll use this oh, yeah. as, as his vengeance as he runs in 2020. He already did last night. I guess he, he did. Yeah, yeah. He, had a, he had a speech last night. But what about the future of... We don't like this president. It's a terrible future. Uh, this it, it sets precedent. it up for the terrible president. Yeah. Terrible that, president. That worries me the most. But how about the fact that Pelosi makes the announcement on the votes and there was applause? Mm-hmm. What the hell is wrong with you people? <laughs> she well, it was like partisan a, applause. Like but you know grandma. what I'm saying? That you're, that's not. Th- these are children <laughs> that are in office. She looked like a grandma trying to cut it off. She did. You're fun. right. And you're she ex- wore the funereal black dress. Yeah. They they portrayed <laughs> themselves as almost high priests of constitutional protection. And remember, these are the same people who would trash that Constitution in a heartbeat if they thought that would help them stay in office. Now, now everyone should know my position by now. I'm not a Trump guy. I think he's a foul, foul human being. But I don't think you can impeach somebody because they're a foul human being. They got to have committed a, a serious crime or treason, and that has not been demonstrated. Here's my problem. Here's my problem. We're living in a time when there's nobody to root for. No. <laughs> the uh, Trump's a hard guy to root for, if not impossible to root for, even though he's fulfilled many promises that he said he would do. He's a difficult human being to uh, to root for. But the, but the left is putting up ever-increasingly uh, crazy people to run against him. Would your opinion <laughs> of him be different if he were— uh, I hate to dumb this down, but I will— if he were just simply more presidential— if he didn't say the things he does on Twitter, well, of if, course I would. If he tuned it down at his speech, yeah. would would you be inclined to be more supportive? Oh, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, because mm-hmm. what I because it's hard for me to be supportive of such a a morally bankrupt guy. Yeah, multiple wives, multiple bankruptcies, multiple oh. ill dealings. Well, and how about the uh, the clip that made the rounds yesterday from two thousand nine, whatever? 
where he's being interviewed calling for George Bush to be impeached right. or he's saying how great Nancy Pelosi is. Yeah. How can you take him seriously for his politics? Well, you can't take him seriously for anything no. except his own Well, game. he's not the first person that switched parties. I mean, somebody who voted yesterday is actually in the process of switching parties. This Jeff Van... Uh, so you think he's that's a legitimate uh, well, I, change I'm of just, heart by Donald Trump? I'm just... Well... <laughs> I would say he that switched it, parties. Jeff it, Van Drew is, uh, is right. uh, switching parties right Democrat now. Democrat to Republican. But right, I, I would right. say Trump didn't switch parties out of some deep intellectual no. uh, concept. He switched parties no. because it looked good to switch blowing. parties. Uh, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. It, it is terribly clear to me, and, and, and maybe to you, all, all you guys, this clearly was just, we don't want this guy in our club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all it is. We don't want this guy living in the parallel universe that we enjoy from the rest of America. He's... He's he's fouling our nest, and that's part of his appeal, don't you think? Absolutely, to people who absolutely. Vote for him. People absolutely. who vote for him are going, look, you would get, you know. But if he gets reelected, does this make him worse, as in more aggressive? I wouldn't know or, what to. I wouldn't know what to expect if he gets reelected. I don't think you can predict it. I, I don't, I'm not even going to attempt to. <laughs> I would. I'll predict that he calms down and gets a hell of a lot done in the last four years. I it thought could, he would calm down during this stretch, I, uh, but yeah. he's he's got nothing to prove or lose uh, if he does win in the next four years, other than getting stuff done and setting up uh, for the next president. Yeah, but I want a Republican Party that I recognize, and that would be one that tries to live within its means. Reduce the deficit and work on the national debt. Okay, are you these a- people spend money worse than drunken socialists? <laughs> are you aware of the Republican fraction now that's happening? Where there's some Republicans that mm-hmm. wrote an editorial. I don't yeah. know which newspaper it was, but they're stepping away from the Trump Republicans and uh, setting their own course. Uh, sure. And what do you think about that? I think that's great. Do you deliver me a Republican Party with somebody appealing? Johnny, I agree completely with Joe. I, I like he said, there's nothing to root for. Who, going no, after on the, either side? I have nobody to root for on either side right now. Zero. Who was the last? Who was the last Republican that was attractive? Bush, W. Oh, w was Winston Churchill compared to this guy. Well, and there were people uh, like John Kasich. I thought was wonderful. I yeah. thought he would have been a great presidential yeah. candidate. But even if you're so the most nobody's heard of him. Devoted. Well, sure, he ran for president last time. Yeah, he did. But if nobody's the most, heard of him. Okay, if you're the most devoted, <laughs> diehard Trump. Follower, and we have a lot of people that are that listen to this show. Sure. When he goes after the widow, how can you defend yeah, that? Yeah, that's. Just... How, how do you defend that? That's just. But like Rook I'm said, not. I'm not attempting. To. Like no, Rook you, said, we aren't. I'm no. just saying. But but people will. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Kenny. No, uh, that's fine. He's representing all the people that have been left out forever. My people out in the country that both parties have completely 100% ignored because they're flyover, they're redneck hillbillies, and they don't matter, and that's who's supporting him, and rightfully so. But here's my issue. I don't think that's what he really thinks. I think he sees gain in that having those people follow him, and he can continue to be president, he can continue to make money, he can continue to do whatever he wants, I don't think he's sincere in any of those thoughts. To back up those thoughts, uh, there has been some frustration in the country about the immigration thing, the the illegals, because a lot of these big farms are using that kind of labor because they can't oh, sure. find they can't find locals to do the job. Yeah. Uh, so Reavers, Reavers, dum uh, uh, dum run <laughs> got me going to the Google yesterday. Oh, I love this stat. 
3% of the land in the United States is developed. That's amazing. And, and 75% of the population lives in that 3% developed That's land. Incredible. That's Isn't another, that, that is another reason why you must have the Electoral College. Yeah. Well, well the map must. that that one uh, representative brought out that was all red and then had a couple of those blue points, the country by, by county was... What, what color is Democrat? Blue. blue. Okay, the coasts are blue. New York and California are blue. I was going to jump in on that. I decided not to fight you. Uh, just because 3%, only 3% hasn't been developed, doesn't mean that that property... No, no, only 3% has been developed. Has, it doesn't mean that, that that property needs to or wants to be developed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. We don't need a major metropolitan area in Bozeman. Not yet. Maybe a hundred years from now, you might. Oh God, I hope not. No, I know. But my point, <laughs> my, keep Bozeman, my, Bozeman. my point is, my point is, it was just a, a reverse trips. You know, you went hundreds of miles between gas stations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you you saw you you you're corroborating this statistic. You're welcome, Joe. Yeah. Three percent of the country's developed. And I I will say, but I, we're told we've ruined it. We've ruined it. Yeah. No, we haven't. No. Now you said that. Uh, Congress was applauding the impeachment. You could tell because Pelosi, not shush them, but John, what was the gesture? She she gave him the she gave him the stop doing that. Yes. That's not wagging proper. the finger. Which I I give her credit for doing because she's right. Don't don't You're start ready for applauding. this one then? Because you know how I've had trouble with the institution I love, which is the newspaper business. <laughs> the Washington Post premier team of Capitol Hill and White House reporters were not shy about celebrating the House Democrats' impeachment posting a photo on Twitter to toast the occasion and further raising questions about oh the newspaper's boy. claim of being unbiased. Oh Mary Impeachmus from the WAPO team declared Washington Post congressional reporter Rachel Bade at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, repeating the left-wing Impeachmus hashtag that has been circulating around social media. Blade posted a picture of herself beaming along with other Washington Post reporters enjoying a round of drinks and declared that fellow congressional reporter Paul Kane is biased. Sitting at the table were Bade, Kane, and their colleagues Karun Demirjian, also a CNN analyst, uh, White House reporter Soon Min Kim, and congressional reporter Mike DeBonis. And they were, there they are. They're all celebrating. Could you see? Tell me oh, what yeah. their average ages are. Anybody uh, under uh, 40, uh, over 40? Uh, one guy looks like he might be over 40, but the rest of them look like 30s. They're not journalists in my mm. world. Mm. They're, wow. they're not legitimate. Everybody knows there's no cheering in the uh, press box. Now there's no retweet of the uh, the group photo, so I suppose that's that's been taken down. Would you fire them? Well, I personally would, but they're not going to get fired. No, they don't have any self awareness, do they? It's amazing. That's yeah. They, if you think even remotely about that, how can they die? <laughs> yeah, it's disturbing. It's just, yeah. You know, you get to go to your you get to go with a friend to a bar. And uh, look around, and then click, clink beer yep. glasses together. Yeah, exactly. But as a, a, but if you're doing this representing your institution, you're you've just you've just delegitimized de- de- the Washington Post, just like the New York Times has been delegitimized. And, and you're advertising it by putting it on social media. Right? Yeah, well, like, ben Bad- Bradley would fire them. Yeah. Well, look how careful. Mm-hmm. Look how careful. And thorough, the Washington Post was in its investigation of Nixon's behavior. Yep. Nothing could be said unless uh, Bradley needed three 
three. Uh, what's the word I want? Confirmations three of three um, confirmations. Yeah. Look what the Washington Post did when they pilloried those kids from the high school in Cincinnati. Yep. Not only did they not have any confirmation about anything, they willfully went into print assuming these were privileged kids harassing a Native American guy. <laughs> they couldn't have been more wrong. They're, they're, did they ever these, make? These great newspapers that I once would have lusted to work for, the New York Times and the Washington Post, there's no amount of money they could pay me to, to, to work there. I, I wouldn't, well, I'm too old now, but I'm not, I wouldn't want to be on their staff. Did the Post ever follow up on that story and make a correction? Oh, yeah. 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 Not, But it was not as big as the original it. story was. <laughs> it was right. on 8C. Yeah, right. <laughs> on Saturday. Before you move on, do you have anything to say about the dissenters in the Democratic Democratic Party that voted against the impeachment? You mean like Colin Peters? Yeah, and the other guy I mentioned, Jeff Van, whatever yeah. his name was. And, uh, <laughs> no. in, in Peterson's case, I think he is sincere. I do too. When he believes that it was too just too thin, yeah. it, it just wasn't there. But I liked his, and I, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, "We're wasting time here, people," and that's exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. I and wish. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say he seems like that's what he believes, whereas I think a lot of these Congress people, you cannot say that about his Democrat. Con- his constituents are both sides. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I yeah. think he's properly representing his people. Uh, what about? I wish I knew her name. The lady from uh, Hawaii. I, I got that, it right here. Okay, she Tul- voted. She voted uh, present. Tulsi Gabbard. And yes, voted, and she's running for the presidency as a Democrat. And here's her reasoning: I'm standing in the center and have decided to vote present. I could not in good conscience vote against impeachment because I believe President Trump is guilty of wrongdoing. I could also not in good conscience vote for impeachment because removal of a sitting president must not be the culmination of a partisan process fueled by tribal animosities that have so gravely divided our country. Good for her. Oh, you should hear the reaction from the Democrats. Well, I'm sure the left is oh, pillaring my her. Oh, word. she's just, oh. yeah. But that is a, read that again. I am standing in the center of decide to vote present. I could not in good conscience vote against impeachment because I believe... President Trump is guilty of wrongdoing. Wait, that doesn't make sense. I could not, in good conscience, vote for impeachment? Against him. Ag- well, yeah, it should be for. You're right. The quote is against impeachment. It should be for impeachment. Mm-hmm. I could not, in good conscience. No, wait. I could not, in good conscience, vote against impeachment because I believe President Trump is guilty of wrongdoing. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So she couldn't vote against impeachment because she thinks he's guilty of wrongdoing. Okay. Right. And she could not in good conscience vote for impeachment because removal of a sitting president must not be the culmination of a partisan process fueled by tribal animosities that have so gravely yep. divided our country. Yep. So she believes there is wrongdoing, right. but can't you know, impeach it. It didn't measure yeah. up to it. Well, no, let me, let me take a stab at interpreting her. She believes there was wrongdoing, but she's opposed to the to the uh, establishment of these rival tribes that have developed. Correct. And and uh, uh, I, I couldn't agree with her more. Really, we, See, I I don't agree with her at all. I don't think on you tribalism. Vote, I don't think you vote. Well, I agree with that. I don't think you vote present though. I don't oh, think. oh oh oh. You, you, you vote one way or the other. Okay. Depending yeah. on what you think. Well, in other words, she's just another pal trying to have it both ways. Well, yeah, she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't want to be uh, you know. Have that on her well, record. She would have been more credible. record. Yeah, she would have been more credible one way or the other. Yes. Yeah, exactly. She'll never make it back into office again. Oh, who knows? I, I don't <laughs> know. 
at this point. <laughs> Joe, you know your your theory on um, how I got lots of theories. Global warming and and the climate has become theology to so many in this country. Right? Is that what we're seeing and have been seeing with politics over the past? Absolutely. I mean, because. I know that it's also accelerated, hyper-accelerated because of social media, but this is complete madness. What I have learned since we started a podcast, I don't know why that should have been a defining factor. 290 episodes ago. Uh, This is 289. Sorry. What I've learned is... That's right, the first one didn't count. (laughs) I have a better understanding, I'm sure listeners are thinking I'm a little late to this party, but I have really now developed a better understanding of how isolated the political class is from the rest of America. Mm-hmm. And and what they will do to preserve that is, is beyond comprehension. And they've created their own rule book that allows employed senators, for example, to, to spend uh, weeks in Iowa visiting farms, right. hoping to get an endorsement. These people have no identity with us. None. <laughs> But None. Wait, but wait, Amy grilled meat at the state fair. That's true. I don't <laughs> want to pick on Amy. I like Amy. Yeah. She's not running for anything, but Il- Ilhan Omar, a perfect example of that. We don't see her around town at all, ever. No. No. You know, Hillary, Hillary came up again. Uh, uh, Chief offsite correspondent Kelsey mm-hmm. told me this. Really? She's back in the Well, news? she went to a gifted student primary school. <laughs> yeah. In New York to talk about the world, and after her talk, she she said, "Let's have question time." I did not see this. And a little kid put up his hand, and Hillary said, oh, "What What's your name?" And he said, "Kenneth." And what is your question, Kenneth? She said, "Well, I have three questions." He says, "Is there audio of this?" Or <laughs> I don't know. I, I tried to find okay. it. Okay. First, whatever happened in Benghazi? Second, why would you run for president if you are not capable of handling two email accounts? And third, whatever happened to the missing $6 billion while you were Secretary of State? Ooh, Just then, the bell rang for recess. Hmm. Well, Hillary informed the kids that they will continue after recess. When they resumed, Hillary said, okay, where were we? Oh, that's right, question time. Who has a question? A different boy, little Johnny, puts his hand up. Hillary points to him and asks him what his name is. Johnny, he says. Well, what's your question, Johnny, she said. Well, I have five, I have five questions. I have five questions. First, whatever happened in Benghazi? Second, why would you run for president if you're not capable of handling two email accounts? Third, whatever happened to the missing $6 billion while you were Secretary of State? Fourth, why did the recess bell go off 20 minutes early? And fifth, where's Kenneth? (laughs) (laughs) I have to laugh. So accurate. I'm outwitted myself. (laughs) Can I tell you something? Did Did I sell it? So hard oh, that yeah. you guys thought I was going to miss the rim shot with the. Is there audio of this? I, I think didn't. Everybody didn't gave you the signal. I, I think I'm the only one that didn't give <laughs> Thanks, you. Thank you for your faith in me, Johnny. Uh, from Doug in Forest Lake. When you walk into Grunhofer's and take an immediate left turn towards the freezer on the west wall and on the right side, you'll find some real treats: yep. bulk Italian sausage, mild or hot, that is awesome for spaghetti sauce or homemade pizza toppings. After all, not everything from Grunhofer's goes on the grill or in the front seat mm. of your pickup truck, Kenny. <laughs> Just saying. And then Tim, uh, Tim Bloom from EcoFun writes, this is Tim from EcoFun. I had a delivery of a kid's ATV near Hugo Sunday and had to stop at the Grund. They had an entire eight-foot refrigerator chest full of freshly made double-smoked hams. Took my first one home for dinner and prepared it like Jake told me. Jake must be one of the guys in the white coats, huh? Yeah. 
It was the best ham I've ever had. The flavor and tenderness of the meat was unbelievable. Even though my business, EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61, I can do two here, is uh, <laughs> is less than five miles away, I had not been to Grunhofer's until we started listening to the podcast. Uh, now I'm sure. Uh, now I'm there every other week and look for deliveries heading down Highway 61. Thanks for the awesome podcast and great company sponsors. Keep up the great work, Tim. And of course, these two are uh, salivating about Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Uh, Spencer just had a beef brisket, bacon, blue cheese burgers, and choice bone-in and boneless prime rib roast. Double smoked hams that Tim got, choice tenderloins, smoked salmon, lamb chops and rolls, pickled herring, and here's the best part. Yeah. You still have time to put together a gift box. Call the meat, call the uh, front desk at Grunhofer's, 651-426-2800. Ask for a meathead. 651-426-2800. Help them design, or you help them design a gift box, which would make a great gift for your Christmas travels. Thank you to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So, if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Kenny and I have been wrestling with this. We were talking about it off air. It's a piece in today's Star Tribune. Going against neighbors' wishes, the Minneapolis Park and Rec Board voted to move forward with the controversial plan to revamp access of Minnehaha Parkway. So they, go, they went against the neighbor's wishes. Right. The park board rejected a resolution offered by President Brad Bourne to prohibit the Community Advisory Committee from proposing plans that would close any portions of parkway to vehicle traffic. Okay, stop. That's where President uh, Brad Bourne doesn't want the CAC to propose plans, correct? Is that what I, I'm seeing? So Brad Bourne is on my side, from what I can tell from well, that paragraph. I, the park board rejected a resolution offered by Bourne. The resolution would keep the community advisory committee from proposing plans that would close any four portions of the parkway. Right. So he, it sounds to me like he was advocating on behalf of Citizens, uh, us, people, yeah, yeah all which of is us. unusual because Bourne has been a complete turd when it comes to other stuff, like uh, <laughs> the people who live around Lake Calhoun. <laughs> Joe, well, whatever. Joe. Close enough. <laughs> he is stepping down, by the way, from one of his positions. But it sounds like Bourne here is doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. 
I believe strongly in our community advisory committee to engage community power and to let the public and the design team work together toward plans that would really demonstrate what they want rather than what's politically popular for us to do, Commissioner Stephanie Musich said before the vote. The CAC is the body charged with shaping the Minnehaha Parkway Regional Trail Master Plan, a long-term plan to bring changes to the Parkway Creek and adjacent trails and parkland. Stop. Right there. Okay. Disband that board. Stop thinking about that. Leave it alone. It's fine as it is. And all of the citizens and all of the residents agree. I haven't heard anybody who lives in South Minneapolis and along that parkway say, we need to change this because all of their changes, Joe, no matter what they talk about, always involves moving cars off of the parkway. And onto city residential streets. Into neighborhoods. Yeah. And I don't mean Lindale Nicollet. I mean Lynnhurst. S- tiny little neighborhood streets. Go ahead. So what, what is behind this? What, I what, don't know. I can't figure that out. What, what virtue is the park board yeah. signaling here? It, it doesn't make any sense to me, and that's not covered at all in this article, uh, in, in this piece at least. Hundreds of residents had, had strongly objected to the plans, particularly one that would have uh, rerouted up to 1,900 vehicles a day off the, off the west side of the parkway near 50th Street and potentially sent drivers a block west to James Avenue and then along 51st Street and back to the parkway. Do you know that neighborhood? Very well. It's, uh, what's that big Lutheran church right there? And plus there's a rec center there. Oh, it's see, a, I don't know the name. Gloria Day, isn't it? Oh, uh, let me go yeah, to my Yeah, it's a very map. famous Lutheran church. I'll go to my The map. biggest one in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah, it, it's huge. And it's how we go from the parkway. I apologize to you, Bourne. I shouldn't have called you a turd. I feel terrible. <laughs> I'm you. serious. I'm serious. No, I feel. Thank you. I, uh, I feel shameful to say that. Um, It's how we get from the parkway, the Minnehaha Parkway, to the park system that goes around the lakes. lakes. Yeah, Yeah, we cross over 50th right next to this church, and I'm still looking for it. Mount Olivet. Mount Olivet, Olivet, thank you. What I sense is in play here is is a further uh, or an additional chiseling away at at the private automobile. It's gotta be. It's gotta be some sort of social engineering thing. But here's Bourne again. He felt the park board should step in as forcing traffic off the roads does little more than turn Minnehaha Parkway into a private driveway for people who live along it. So Bourne's doing the Lord's, the Lord's work here. I, I he's think he's so. carrying water, it sounds like. I think so. Board and Commissioner Londell French were the only ones who voted to approve the resolution. Okay, let's go back to the resolution. The resolution... The resolution to to isn't. prevent the community advisory committee from proposing plans that would close yes. any portions of the parkway. Yes. So so again, they did the right thing in my estimation. One paragraph you skipped over. Commissioner Chris Meyer said the CAC, and this doesn't make any sense to me. The CAC was already looking to keep the entire parkway accessible by vehicle. You mean by leaving it as it is? How do you have to look into that? Why not just leave it as it is? I know they're worried about pedestrian safety and bicycle safety oh and stuff. Oh, my God. I bet there hasn't been a pedestrian death on the parkway. Uh, if there has, there hasn't been more than one or two. Well, again, that's Commissioner Chris Myers saying that the— What the hell is this? He's, he's saying we're really trying to look at a way to keep it as it is? Why Why should I, I that have to be—why not keep it as it is? What 
and if you go to the Star Tribune and read the comments on this story, some of them are very intelligent and some are very telling. And this is this is part of the 2040 higher density yeah. plan that's, yeah. that would further demonize the internal combustion engine yeah. and, and, and said it's going to get a lot worse when they change zoning to allow multifamily housing and single-family zoning situations. Yeah. The last I could find, uh, according to the state's website, in 2015, Minnesota experienced an alarming 150% increase in traffic-related pedestrian fatalities from 16 to 40, but that was back in 2015. Yeah. And, and there might have been a bicycle to, or two hit around. Uh, it was either Nicolet, uh, Nicolet maybe. That's Well, we had the same oh, no, story. Wait, it goes under Nicolet, if I remember right, and goes over Lindale. Uh, so it actually crosses uh, Lindale on the surface street, but I believe it goes underneath N- a Nicollet. So do you suppose it's the residents along there that just are saying, continue to let us use our cars? Yeah. The ironic thing here, Joe, is the entire parkway system from South Minneapolis all the way up uh, into like Robbinsdale and lower Brooklyn Center was designed to be used by automobiles. Yes, but we've elected people uh, who are bringing about the mystery in one of their principal uh, one of their principal uh, goals is to is to have you outside of your automobile, public yeah. transportation, bicycles, walking. According, living in high rises. According to NPR, uh, they've they're at we are at ten right now in in Minnesota. Ten what? Pedestrian deaths. Right, but I'm saying I bet there aren't many along the parkway. Right, I, that's what it's I'm got a what, twenty what mile an hour speed limit, mm-hmm. and you're, the whole reason to be on the parkway is to kind of enjoy it. You're not really speeding. Well, and I want to know how many of the pedestrian deaths are the result of the pedestrian not paying attention. Well, that could be quite a few. So I was all up in arms until I read the final three graphs. Bourne said before the meeting that the parkway would not be uh, changing drastically, uh, but the CAC will continue with plans addressing issues such as stormwater management, flood mitigation, trails, and recreational facilities. And then the final graph. The master plan is being paid for by uh, with uh, two hundred fifty six thousand from the Parks and Trails Legacy Fund. So is this just a matter of us using money that's available to use it? Yeah, two hundred twenty six. So, so we got this money. Let's use it somehow. Right. right. Well, let's worry about stormwater runoff first. Let's let's handle that. Say I was talking about Tim at EcoFund. Yeah. It's literally right down the street from. Well, it's about five miles from Grunhofer's on Highway 61 and Forest Lake. And when you consider these traffic stories, when you consider what the future might hold, which is the demonization of the automobile, yeah, yeah, they got the answer for it, EcoFund, especially if you're just urban traveling. And those are the scooters, fabulous scooters, two-stroke, four-stroke, whatever kind of scooter you want, get mileage from 75 to 100 miles <laughs> wow. per gallon. Very good. Right now for Christmas, 10 different youth models in stock of kids' ATVs. And GLers get a free helmet with every gas ATV. GLers, you got a few days left to continue to take advantage of the uh, opportunity to go in there and say to, to the uh, staff, you're a GL podcast listener, uh, they've got special deals for you. They've got $100 off all electric bikes, $100 off all stock scooters on top of the year-end prices, 50 bucks off all Stacy's Kids Electric Balance dirt bikes. That's never been done before. GLers take advantage of this. Great sales, great service. Tim sends a truck through town to pick up your ride if you need it worked on. They take it back, service it, and bring it back to you. That's EcoFunMotorsports.com. EcoFunMotorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. 
Schoonover Body Works in Glass in Shoreview is our one-stop, family-owned, third-generation body shop, and they have bought uh, brought back Positive Thursday to Garage Logic, and I'm really thankful for that. I've got Mike Schoonover on the phone right now. He's working to help my son repair his Silverado. If you remember from last week or if you've seen Twitter, he hit a concrete pillar in a parking garage uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he really damaged the left side of his pickup box. Meanwhile, he's got the estimate already from his insurance company, and they, in turn, and this worries me, they've already put money in his account for what appears to be the settlement amount. I'm really not sure of this, and of course it scares me because the work hasn't even started yet. So I've got Mike Schoonover on the phone, and he's going to help explain the process. Hi, Mike. Now what? I'm scared. <laughs> hey, Kenny, no worries. So we'll we'll coordinate with Ben to get his truck scheduled and get the repairs started. If uh, if there's no additional damage, then Ben just pay, pays the bill in full and there's no problems. If uh, if there's additional damage, then we work with the insurance company and we just bill them directly for oh. anything over and above what, so, what Ben has got into his account. Okay, good. So he doesn't have to call and fight with the insurance company. Absolutely not. That's our job. That's what I wanted to hear. Thank you, Mike. And those repairs at Schoonover Body Work, they're guaranteed for as long as he owns this truck. Now that, that's positive. In business for 80 years and consistently rated as the one of the, well, one of the number ones right here in town. It's the best body shop in the metro. You have a choice. Our choice here at Garage Logic is SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Minnesota has been awarded more than $12.5 million to help public safety and public health professionals combat substance abuse and respond effectively to overdoses. U.S. Attorney's Office announced the news Wednesday as part of the Justice Department's decision to award $333 million to communities across the country to fight the opioid crisis. The funding will help support an array of activities designed to reduce the harm inflicted by opioids. According to the Attorney General's Office, grants will help law enforcement, emergency responders, and treatment professionals coordinate their response to overdoses while also providing services for children and youth affected. What do you think of the name The Opioids for a band name? Or maybe John Height and The Opioids? I, I don't think I'd go with that one. I wouldn't either. No, it doesn't sound like a good one. No. North we, we party all night. Until <laughs> we fall <laughs> asleep. We fall, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I had a story from, a, I'm going to ask you guys, I don't have this in my news, but uh, from my hometown or my hometown area, Bismarck, uh, there, the big park there is Custer Park. Now they want to change the name for some obvious reasons. Are we for or against that? Because he did some good stuff and he did some bad stuff. Custer was an evil son of a well, bitch. Well, he did some good but stuff too, though. he is a part of American history and we cannot erase American history. It got you, to him in Bismarck. Huh? If you don't like Custer, throw up your signs, educate people. And part of the reason Custer has been so loved for so long, we, because his wife, Libby, yeah, she yeah. spent the rest of her life promoting her husband as a hero. Plus yeah. he had neat hair. He did, he the full head, yeah. but he did some evil, evil <laughs> he, things. But he for did. God's sake, stop erasing What do they want to our... name it to? Oh, well, they just want to change it from Custer because uh, there's to a large... To unicorn? Or? They haven't named uh, yeah. said yet. It's a, a small group of people I'm sure. uh, protesting. Uh, no, no. Educate to, to tell people what Custer truly the mystery, really did. The mystery, Kenny, has arrived in Bismarck. Because you know, part of the mystery is you got to wipe out our history. When I was driving through your oh. home state, Johnny, in South Dakota on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm he's not from North from Dakota. South Dakota. South Dakota's the warmer of the two states. Right. You, couldn't, uh, you couldn't drive 10 miles without seeing signs for parks just like that. They're well, all Custer State Park is in 
I've South been Dakota. to Custer State Park. It's fabulous. Well, it's the big park by the river, by the Missouri in Bismarck. I get you, Jeff. The one everybody goes oh. to. So, so it's causing controversy. I forget. Can I mention this really quick? What? I'm kind of sorry. I, I have, an, I have an email. No, this is actually a great email from Mike. And I was not aware of this. I've never heard it discussed in my time on Garage Logic. He's already getting the coins yeah. ready. He's getting the fine. coins ready because That's this fine. is going to be a non sequitur. No, no, it, it it's completely goes along with what John was just this saying. This is Jermaine. Yes, Mike emailed in. He's talking about the Reavers Drive, uh, citing everything you guys said about uh, all those spaces. But I forgot to write this down. But I'm glad he reminded me. In Wyoming, on I-80, mile marker 156. Kenny, I don't know if you can look this up on your traffic computer. Do you know what the road is called? No. GL Road. And oh. I am not kidding. Well, you ain't getting oh. no coins for that. It, I, I almost oh. was going to stop, but it was that time of the night where it was getting a little dicey, and I didn't want to pull over yeah. again, and Papa right. Bear needed some beverages. <laughs> That's right. But I need to. we need to have somebody go get GL a picture we of We got this. GLers in that area. GL Road. It's mile marker 156 off of I-80 in Wyoming. Get GL on your Road. snowmobile Can you get over there. Yes. Can you give me a uh, town that's nearby? Well, I would say I was probably Euphoria, an hour south of Casper, okay, give, or, so give or take. So it's right around Rollins? Yes. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah, right around Rollins. Yeah. Johnny. Thank you, Mike. Author- I appreciate that. Authorities in Maplewood are warning residents of a number of purse snatching incidents that occurred in the city. According to Maplewood Public Safety, two victims were pushed or fell onto the ground when purses were taken. All the incidents occurring outside retail stores. One victim told police she saw a red sedan drive away after her purse was stolen. Police said all victims so far have been women walking to their vehicles, and all have happened in the area near Coles at Maplewood Mall. Police encourage people not to carry items of importance in purses, carry only the amount of cash and credit or debit cards that are needed, and call police immediately if someone tries to steal your purse. The department said they've stepped up patrols in that area. Minutes after the House impeached President Trump, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi threw uncertainty into the process by refusing to say repeatedly when or whether she would send those two articles to the Senate for a trial. Her comments came as a surprise in a news conference late Wednesday that was intended to express Democrats' somber closing message after voting to impeach Trump. She started by praising her fellow Democrats, but she then declined to say when she would send the articles to the Republican-led Senate. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell rejected a proposal earlier this week from Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer to call several witnesses. McConnell also said he's coordinating with the White House and declared he will not be an impartial juror. This is all a further example of the incomprehensibility of the rules they've established for themselves. It's hard to follow this. It it was amazing. Yesterday, uh, I had some people text me telling me that uh, Trump was impeached and no longer president. So apparently some citizens are not aware of how the impeachment process works. Are you really shocked by that? I'm I'm not. Could they name who was holding office then? I'm paying attention. I guess I'm I'm not shocked. I just found it. It's in Wamsutter, W-A-M-S-U-T-T-E-R, Wyoming. Yeah, it appears to be on the west side. Exit 156, GL Road. Because, yeah, it's not close to Rollins. wonder what the GL stands for. Good luck. You have that at Garage Logic. That would be cool. We should get a t-shirt. Yep. (laughs) President Trump facing a social media backlash after an off-color joke suggesting the late Democratic Congressman John Dingell was in hell. Dingell, World War II vet who represented Michigan from 1955 to 2015, died in February, age 92. His wife, Debbie Dingell, fought and won his seat and now sits in Congress. On Wednesday, she voted to impeach the president. 
the, tr- uh, the president talking last night talked about an emotional call from Dingle to say thank you after he gave her husband what he described as an A-plus treatment upon his death, including the lowering of flags and offering the use of the Capitol Rotunda. He said, she calls me up. It's the nicest thing that ever happened. Thank you so much. John would be so thrilled. He's looking down. He'd be so thrilled. Thank you, uh, thank you so much, sir. I said, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Maybe he's looking up, he continued. I don't know. Dingle responded on Twitter saying, Mr. President, let's set politics aside. My husband earned all of his accolades after a lifetime of service. I'm preparing for the first holiday season without the man I love. You brought me down in a way you can never imagine, and your hurtful words just made my healing much harder. Hmm. No way around this, folks. We're fat. Mm-hmm. Nearly half of American adults will be obese within a decade. One quarter will be severely so, according to a new report. It corrects for a weakness in previous estimates that may have made the problem seem not as big, pardon the pun, as it really is. Those estimates often relied on national health surveys, and people tend to understate their weight in those. The new work used in a decades-long federal study in which weight was measured to get a more accurate picture of trends and to project into the future. New England Journal of Medicine published the study on Wednesday. It was led by scientists at Harvard and George Washington Universities. Here's a shocker. Surveillance footage of the outside of Jeffrey Epstein's cell at the Metropolitan Correctional Center during a suicide attempt has gone missing. Really? According oh, to prosecutors. Isn't that interesting? Come on. Isn't that and one interesting? more question. What happened to Kenneth? Yeah. Where's <laughs> Kenneth and why did that recess bell go off? <laughs> Assistant U.S. Attorney Jason Swergold admitted nobody can find the footage of outside the cell. Now, this is his first try. Yeah. Not, oh. not, not when he actually killed himself. Yeah. Uh, he was sharing a cell. Oh, okay. He was sharing a cell with quadruple murderer Nick Tartaglioni. Yeah. I think he was a made guy. I think so. During a hearing in White Plains District Court, Tartaglioni, a former Briarcliff Manor cop, faces the death penalty for the alleged murders in a drug deal gone bad. Bruce Barquette, an attorney for Tartaglioni, confirmed the stunning revelation that the footage had not been preserved. The Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office declined any comment. Uh, Joe, more bad newspaper news, I'm sorry. It's Miami. It's Positive Thursday. Could you do your part? Oh, boy. Hmm. Miami Herald. Miami Herald will cease publication of its Saturday print edition. Oh, wow. Effective March 21st, 2020. Instead, they will launch a weekend edition that includes expanded newspapers on Fridays and Sundays. What you'd get in the Saturday paper, including comics, puzzles, (laughs) TV listings, that sort of thing will be covered in the expanded edition. The newspaper goes on to thank readers for supporting them during their transition. Well, and isn't the Miami Herald the one that broke the Epstein story? Uh, they were, weren't they? I think you're right. I think you're correct, Chris. So you get no sports scores on Saturday. Yeah, you I guess you got to go to your technology. Go to your phone. I don't like to do that. Stop. I got an idea. Georgia family got a special holiday surprise last week after finding an owl hiding inside their Christmas tree. Oh, boy, I would wow. love that. I, wouldn't Jeez. that be great? Until I he, love owls. Until he pulls your eyeball. Right, right. right. right for the jugular. Owls are so cool. I, I never see them. Really? Yeah. Once in a while, you should come up to my house. Oh, yeah? see I'll come while. up this weekend. Okay, sounds <laughs> good. We'll have some man said. You're up on uh, Maine? <laughs> the discovery came last Thursday night when Katie McBride Newman and her two kids, India, and Jack mm. were finishing oh, dinner. I got her. I got her. I got her. I got her. Ten-year-old India had started to clear the table and was in another room when Newman heard her exclaim, Oh, my gosh! She said she came out dramatically into the dining room and went, Mama, that ornament scared me. She then burst into tears. (laughs) 
Now, here's this is the strange part of the story to me. Uh, Newman said she is a big fan of owls, so she actually has a dozen owl ornaments on the Christmas tree. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, no, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this is starting to not. This is starting to not ring true. I smell a fish. At fr- <laughs> I smell, I smell an fish. owl. <laughs> At first, Newman said she thought India had just been spooked by one of the ornaments. So she checked it out, trying to calm her daughter's fears. But when she peered into the tree for the ornament, the owl turned its head and looked straight at her. Wow. The family had purchased the tree from a store about two days after Thanksgiving. (laughs) So at first they thought the owl must have somehow flown in and taken refuge inside the tree. They left their windows and doors open that night, hoping the bird would leave on its own, but it didn't. The next day, they called the Chattahoochee Nature Center, a nonprofit environmental center. What did they do? They They left their windows and doors open all night. And they didn't get robbed or anything. Nope. Wow. How did they sleep? So, wait a minute. Check this out. You check this out. So, she has the uh, owl decorations, the ornaments all over. So, this owl flew in saying, I got to get some of that. Well, uh, they, they, owl think, action. they think uh, he, later in the story here, you'll see, they think the owl was in there the whole time when they bought the tree. That yeah. would have been my presumption. Do you know what But kind when you move the tree, wouldn't it have flown away? You would think away? so, John. What kind of owl <laughs> is it? I'll, I'll get there, too, Kenny. How do you not notice I'm guessing owl? it's a barn owl. They, owl. they called the Chattahoochee Nature Center, a nonprofit environmental center about an hour away. An employee there told them to, have, uh, to leave the owl some raw chicken because it may not have eaten for a few days. The employees stopped by Saturday morning, caught the bird, identified it as an eastern screech owl, mm-hmm. common in the Georgia area. The owl was pretty thin, igniting the theory that the bird probably was inside the tree when they bought it. Look up that, that, uh, that call. See if you can find that eastern screech owl. The employee left the family some instructions, leave the bird in a crate in a darkened room and release it after dark. At dusk on Saturday, the family left the open crate outside by 9.30 p.m., the owl. Had it's disappeared. It's pretty big, six to nine inches. Yeah. That, that's yeah, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. You'd measure it up and down. Though. Oh, up and down. Yeah. yeah, because the barn, the barn. <laughs> well, owl, I was thinking they'll be. She was like there. laying down. The yeah. barn oil uh, <laughs> owls just a little bit bigger than your fist. Huh. It's it's. Small. What are the big ones? The hoot. I suppose I don't. Know. I saw one sitting on the back fence one time. Really big, big yeah. owl. Eastern. They're did, raptors. Aren't did they? you uh, did you get a shot at it? <clears throat> no. Eastern Screech? Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. That's the same one you played. Damn it. You're such a jackass. (laughs) You can't find anything, can you? Unbelievable. I had an owl in a tree in the backyard about five years ago, and uh, I was afraid to let my little dogs out, actually, because I thought, you know. Well, they got nests full of leashes. And and he sat there. It's eagles. 12 hours. 12 hours. Here's a uh, northern point uh, tester. Here we go. (laughs) <laughs> Reavers, Reavers, Reavers. And Settle the, down. He's not funny. The dreaded snow. He's not funny. The dreaded snow owl. Oh, interesting. In Missouri, where the legislature has apparently there solved. Hold on. Let me play it. What are you doing? Let me hit play. I'm trying to get it off my computer. No, let's just keep going here, please. But it's actually a scre- it actually is a screech. Yeah. Huh. That's why they call it a screech owl. Yeah, good one, John. In Missouri, where the legislature has apparently solved all their other problems, a Missouri politician wants to do away with the puns on road messaging signs and has introduced a bill to do so. Hmm. State Representative Tony Lavasco says he's not trying to be mean. He said, I get what MnDOT, uh, MoDOT, excuse me, MoDOT is trying to do. It's a marketing thing. 
I don't object to the effort. I just think they could use these displays to provide some information. When people are stuck in traffic, they can know to get off because there's an exit two miles ahead. The bill, HB 1779, the proposed Missouri legislation from the O'Fallon lawmaker, wants to change the messages motorists are seeing. I agree with them. Really? Yeah. That one we had a couple of weeks ago, Twitter's full. That that actually made me angry. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, that, that was pretty good. That's the dumbest thing good. I've ever seen. That's pretty good. That yeah, was stupid. But the ones that are always you know themed with whatever time of the year it is, those I'm with Kenny. They they do get to be pretty. Give lame. me some info. Stop yes. trying. You, you know what? Cranks, leave, man. leave the jokes for the jokesters, like like guys who do podcasts. Yeah, like Such. He's a funny guy. <laughs> R- write some puns, Joe. Quips. Give us some quips. I need quips. Shut the hell up and do the news. <laughs> Just like that. Shut the hell up and drive your car. Yeah. The bill <laughs> the bill will uh, be offered in the January 8th session in Jefferson County. In Massachusetts, a substitute teacher at North Attleboro High School was fired this week for smoking in a classroom. Uh, not just smoking, but smoking marijuana. That girl. Principal Peter Havland, it was a boy actually, Sorry. said the substitute teacher was removed from the school is not allowed back on campus. The statement said it was a quick decision to report the concerns, which allowed our school to immediately intervene and remove the individual. Those reports came from the students in the classroom. School officials said a notice was sent out to parents, alerting them of everything. The principal said the substitute was not only seen using the drug, but leading conversations in class about marijuana. Many of the folks around the area said the substitute should have known better and that school campuses remain drug-free. Others commended the students for their efforts in speaking up about what happened. School administrators wouldn't go into detail about the amount of time that substitute has worked at that school. Okay, that was bad news about a school. I have good news about a school. I've been saving this since Monday. Here we go. Uh, City, this comes from Richfield. It was in the Star Tribune, I believe, on Monday. City launches skate program for kids. Richfield has launched a program to teach the basics of ice skating to every fourth grader in the school district. As our uh, demographics are changing more and more uh, of our youth, maybe haven't had that access to learn how to ice skate. The city hopes to expand the program to another grade level uh, next year. The Richfield Youth Hockey Association and the Optimist Club donated the money to purchase helmets for the kids. That is good news. That's pretty good for Positive Thursday, and we'll return shortly. Well, it certainly happened, folks. Uh, earlier this week with the uh, the credit union, we went over to the Jack's Cafe and had a fantastic dinner. And in fact, I had them bring out the rookie date night VIP menu just to say I had them bring it out. And I did look over it. It was wonderful. Also, on my Twitter account, at RookieGL, Jason Sullivan, I recommended my family let Rookie guide the ship for a nice meal at Jack's Cafe, and they are pleased. Another satisfied customer at Jack's Cafe. Three generations, family run. Jack's Cafe, J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com. That's the website where you can make your reservations. You can look at the menu. If you're looking for catering, they've got it all. And they can have a family of 10 or 300. Have your wedding there. Have the office party there. 
Call 612-789-7297. I saw the back patio. It's all decked out for Christmas. Santa and his sleigh. There was a roaring fire outside. It was just a great scene. Make a reservation for date night, or why don't you book your company party or your wedding? 1928 University Avenue Northeast at 19th Avenue, 612-789-7297. Online at jackscafe.com. Their town nixed the nativity scene. On public property, locals responded by putting up their own. (laughs) The city of Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, broke with tradition and denied a nativity scene on public property earlier this year. Local uh, residents and business owners responded by putting up their own. Last year, the city ordered a local Knights of Columbus Council to remove a nativity scene it had set up near the city's boardwalk after the city received a complaint from the Anti-Defamation League that the display wasn't inclusive of other religions and that the city policy is to not have religious displays on public property or city property. It's just sad that it's been a big part of Rehoboth, and now we can't have it. Kathleen Murphy, an area resident, told uh, Delaware Now. Uh, While some in the area have responded with prayers and protests of the policy, Others have put up their own nativity scenes. There are at least 10 businesses and residents who have done so. It's a town of about 1,500 people, I think. And one guy put his in his pickup truck and drives it around town. (laughs) 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 One of the displays travels around the city in the back of Mike Pecola's pickup truck. Pecola told the outlet that he normally puts the nativity scene up in his front yard, but brought it to Rehoboth Beach as a response to the city situation. It's just a shame, he told the newspaper. This is the time of the year we do this. Beyond the protest, the city's policy has also uh, prompted a constitutional challenge. Uh, they maintain that it was perfectly legal for them to put this up. And uh, I only bring this story up because I think this is what you have to— it's inevitable that you're not going to get a nativity scene in the public square. Okay. All right? We've, we've given that up. Okay. That, towel, that horse has left the right, barn. Right. But here's what they're doing. They're pushing back. This, this is pushback. Mm-hmm. This, this is, is what you have to do. do. This, this is all you have to do. Just have your own. Don't worry about it on public people property. People are offended as they walk by. That's too bad. It's your property. It's yours, yeah. At least for now it is. Well. At least until the mystery <laughs> takes over. It's oh, your yeah. property. Hey, it's positive Thursday, pal. Knock it off. <laughs> that freestanding crèche on the contested spot has been a Christmas tradition for as long as anyone in town can remember. Uh, so good for them. They're pushing back, and the guy in the pickup truck's got a cool idea. Oh, I'll show you. I'm going to drive through town with this thing. Mobile crash scene. Mobile crash. Mobile crash. <laughs> oh, I, I need to do an email statement because our, emailer, our emailers are so great. Santa Bell Jim sends out uh, this. It's Santa's sleigh being pulled by dolphins. And he, lo- he No, he loves to rub it in and say how warm he is down there, but he wishes us all... A Merry How's the Christmas. sleigh staying afloat? Well, it's Santa's sleigh. It's a it's magic. Oh, magic. It's magic how it works. Uh, Jeez, don't you get it? I'm sorry. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Mealworms are not only able to eat various forms of plastic, as previous research has shown, they can consume potentially toxic plastic additives in styrofoam with no ill effects. The worms can then be used as a safe, protein-rich feed supplement. This is from Stanford. So... Mm. Uh, while everyone's screaming about uh, plastic bottles, uh, some researchers have decided that maybe mealworms are the answer. M-E-A-L worms? Yep. Yep. 
Uh, How readily available are they? Kenny and Hotels. For Kenny, as a former traveling man, yeah, the hotels you, know you refer to when you can back up your vehicle to the door are known as down and outs. That does not necessarily reflect your position in life. It's called convenience. <laughs> By the way, they are motels, not hotels. Okay, thanks. Have you Dan. heard that one before since you uh, Granted, those motels nowadays are places we are most likely to hear gunfire, meat tweakers, and ladies of questionable motivation. Mm. No idea about what's that. A, what's a meat what's tweaker? What's a meat tweaker? Uh, well, tweaker. Call Spencer at Grand Offers. Come over here and I'll show you. <laughs> uh, who's this? Uh, somebody who signs his name Fairly Reliable Radio Engineer. Oh. I, too, am miffed by the global warming crowd. As someone who remembers the first Earth Day and the horrible pictures of pollution that we were shown, <laughs> most all of us were on board with cleaning things up and making the world a better place to live. One thing that they refuse to believe is that we're getting better. I know you don't like adding lexicons, but feel free to use that one if you like. We're getting better. One other thing that I found out is that there are over 100,000 commercial flights every day across the globe. That's 3.5 million flights every year, give or take. I still did, I still try and do my part, though. Good luck. Just think. Just think when, when Australia in January of 1896 had 24 straight days with the temperature above 104 degrees, mm -hmm. there were no commercial flights. Oh, speaking of that. No commercial flights. Uh, we have an email from Dan that just came in talking about you were you're doing the since when's in Australia. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. Uh, this is a pic of my dashboard. As your Phoenix correspondent, I thought I should share. This is on I-10 in Phoenix. We don't get concerned until it hits 125. His dashboard says 121 degrees. Really? In Phoenix. When? I'm assuming this was yesterday because I. He That's just, unlikely. No, not yesterday. What's the date of the email? Yeah, he just sent it at twelve. Well, 14. it's probably so from August or something. Yesterday. Hail the flashlight king! Hail you! And morons hey. one through four. Hi, hi, hi. So let me get this straight. You want to put me in a metal tube and suck out the air uh -huh. and leave me in there for thirty minutes? Am I supposed to be dead by the time I get there? I'm assuming there is an oxygen oxygen supply, but what if you break down? I'll stick with my car, Kelly, in New, Newport, North Carolina. He's talking about the Hyperloop. Yeah. I thought you covered that. Uh, there was, yeah, it did, uh, but I don't remember what it uh, said. Something about it being like the inside of an airplane at altitude. Yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Stein, up in Aiken, writes, Yesterday a friend of mine asked, How are little boys going to write their names in the snow if they don't know cursive? I said, wait until they turn 60. They'll have no problem printing it. All that's left uh, is the... Yeah, what? Yeah, unfortunately, that's not funny for guys like us, <laughs> right, is it? Right, right. <laughs> Humor lost on us. <laughs> Chris in Orleans, Massachusetts. Joe, I'm behind the podcast. As you, I am behind on the podcast as usual. I was just listening to your discussion about Lou Nanny telling people not to use white tape on their sticks. Well... Remember a guy named Bobby Orr? He famously had one single stripe of tape on his blade. Patrick Kane, Ovechkin, Malkin, Connor McDavid, all use white tape, just to name a few. Remember, Louie was the genius who drafted Brian Lawton ahead of future Hall of Famers, LaFontaine, Iserman, and Cam Neely. Good, good luck point. and Merry Christmas, Chris <laughs> in Orleans, Mass. Wow. You got me, Chris. You're right. Yeah. No, no, no. Say it as Louie. Yes, I, I should say, I take that all back because I didn't. I forgot about my friend Bobby Orr. Why did they draft? Was it a money thing? I don't Lawton? remember. I don't remember. Well, Lawton was—he was very talented, 
But uh, he just never he never panned out. What do you out. mean? You never researched this topic on North Star Confidential? Yeah, what's going on? Uh, what do we got? It's been a long time. <laughs> Who's on tap today, <laughs> Suji Boy? It's been a long, long time. It's been a long time. I did not know this, that 83-year-old Pope Francis mm-hmm. might resign. Oh, did you get this story? Yeah, go ahead. Did you read it? I did, yeah. But did how you? about the, end, it, of the end of the world? Is it voodoo? Is it voodoo? Seems like it to me. Yeah, I, did, I didn't bring it in. If he striking. resigns in 2020, yeah. that apparently fulfills some ancient doomsday philosophy yeah. that the world will then end. Uh, so Greta was right. Yeah. A guy predicted it. What in 1165, 1265, right. something like that. Uh, this will no doubt put some Christians on the edge of their seats, as it could apparently fulfill a 900-year-old prophecy made by 12th century Archbishop St. Malachi. Malachi went to Rome from Ireland to give an account of his affairs when he reportedly received a strange vision about the future, including the names of 112 future popes. His prediction concerning the 111th pope, Pope Benedict XVI, was Gloria Olive, which means the glory of the olive. The Order of St. Benedict is also known as the Olivetons, which make—I can't read this. It was very complicated. That's why I didn't bring it in. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about it. But we got a better chance of the world ending because the pope resigns than we do from climate change. I would agree with that. I got news for you. I got news for you. Uh, I'm not going to—it's from the Express, which is one of the tabloids— Chugga, 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 in the chugga. UK or Ireland, and it's just poorly written. Uh, and but but you would think that would get covered by mainstream media, considering that it's 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 the Pope. It fits the template too with the end of the world. Oh and the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you'd think they Greta would be hanging oh, out yeah. of this. <laughs> you know, it is um, it is positive. It is positive Thursday. Yeah, and I think that because we we occasionally replay something from the past. Yeah, I think this is a good time to replay one of your favorites. I have just had emailed to me by Mary Langfeld. Hands down. Nothing will top this one. Really? Nothing will top this. I don't care if we're on the no. air the, uh, the next for at least two more years. Two? Our ten. <laughs> Nothing will top this. Heard you two talking about pageants and thought you might like this story. My sister attended a Christmas show in which a friend's child was playing the innkeeper. You paying attention? Innkeeper, the friend's child. He didn't like playing the bad guy, turning Mary and Joseph away. <laughs> the night of the performance, his moment came, and he reluctantly told Mary and Joseph that he had no room in the inn. But then he paused and said, but how about a beer? See, give you, the kid the fanfare. What give is him it? everything you got. Give him the... Give him the... <laughs> There's more. Hang on. Your reaction, your reaction to it is the best. Oh, so that, he said... First he says... I'm sorry, man. Then he says... No, then he says... Grab a brew. Don't cost nothing. <laughs> oh, man. The poor kid was That is uh, fantastic. Just... Didn't want to be the bad guy. No. <laughs> Says, hey, hey, uh, I got no room. But look, how about a beer? Oh, that what I wonder. Okay. I wish I could have seen what Joseph said That's at that That's wonderful. Point. You know, uh, your, your timing's a little Joe. off. 
Sure. He's if I know Joe. Cold night in December what are you in Bethlehem. Do? What do you got? <laughs> Let's have one. <laughs> Let's have one. You got one in a go cup? <laughs> what do you Wouldn't got? it be great if the uh, if the guys playing uh, Mary and Joseph, uh, the the guy and the gal, uh, got into it and mm-hmm. said, eh, what do you got? <laughs> and Mary said, Joseph, you know you can't control that donkey if you've had a few. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I'll have to drive the mule. <laughs> oh. oh, Mary, I'm going to give you the keys. Can you imagine the crowd? <laughs> That had to if be, somebody had a videotape what, of that, that, that would be funny to, to watch. That had to be the uh, that crowd had to go nuts. You know, I'm sorry, we got no room at the end. Nothing. Well, look, I got a little Sam Adams on tap. How about? <laughs> 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 right. Okay, you weren't here yesterday, so he's you got to let him off. I'm though. going to. What are yeah. we doing? You weren't here yesterday. I wasn't. I referenced this. Yeah. Because we found one that we believe topped it. It was Come at a, it was an activity play at a school in England. Where the kid, uh, was it Joseph? Yeah. Yes. Joseph, age four. Yep. He decides in the middle of it that he's a pirate. Oh, <laughs> damn. And, and he... He pulled a little improv. He pulled, and he threw the baby, Jesus, into a basket, okay. dropped it into a basket, lifted the basket up, and pretended it was a steering wheel, and said, land ho. <laughs> <laughs> Started playing a pirate. Yeah, he's playing a pirate. <laughs> so the whole thing turned into a pirate deal. Oh my God! You guys are funny when I'm not here. Yeah, <laughs> I went to one today. Really? Uh, the the play at at the school, and uh, they had a number of uh, they had a number said that the king, presumably referring to Christ, right? The king is arriving, hmm. and, and the next thing I know, it was a bunch of people in Elvis Presley costumes. <laughs> That said, the king is in the house. And they sang. They sh- they Did they have sang- the fanfare music yeah, and everything? Yeah, they sang Hound Dog. Oh. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. And I what? thought, what the hell does this have to do with. You know what? A theme problem. They had they a, a theme, theme problem. Yes. Yeah, that's a theme problem. Oh no, God. they spun it back to. Uh, they made it work. Uh, well, that's pretty clever. Yeah, though. Is, this the just- whole, is this the whole idea of trying to keep. Church and religion. And I all, don't know. I don't know, know what schools? it is, Chris. I wish I could. No, I'm this hoping. is a Catholic school I went to. Oh, I do, okay. They, they did the standard Las Vegas. I don't Vegas. fool around with them other schools. <laughs> After the program was over, they did the standard Las Vegas thing, right? Yeah. Elvis has left. <laughs> the kid did that. The building. The kid in the Elvis costume went to the microphone and said, Elvis has left the building. Sweet. Yeah, Beautiful. That worked. It Beautiful. worked. Then the little angels came up and sang sure. Silent Night and all that kind of Kenny, stuff. Kenny, where do you stand on Elvis? Uh, you know, I, I like the fat mashed potato Elvis the yeah, best. Seventies, <laughs> never Vegas. liked a naughty thing. Stumbling you guys around, are stupid, high on barbiturates. <laughs> He's never, kinda... never liked a naughty thing. Are you gonna eat those mashed potatoes? Uh, save those things for. You're me. talking about sweating What's... gravy, Elvis. Yeah. Give me yeah. one of your top three Elvis songs. Not uh, the best one. They're all terrible. No, they're, they're, they're just they're dreadful. The first three years were great, oh, and then there's a middle section from about sixty-eight to seventy-two where they're all great. I'll go. Uh, I'll go Suspicious Mom. Oh, thank you. I'll go That's yep. All Right, Mama. I'll go Blue's, his version of Blue Suede Shoes is brilliant. How about right, Elvis's Blue Christmas? That's pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's, which, that's pretty good. My mom uh, was heavily into Elvis. Which song is, You're Looking for Trouble? You come, come to the, the right, right place. place. You're Looking for Trouble? Look, look right, right in, in my face. face. That was a from, B, I think it was a B-side. It's of, from King Creole, actually. The okay. movie King Creole. Uh, uh, Joe, in my <laughs> world, the, the name of it is Evil. Yeah, okay. There we go. Uh, you know who did a great Sometimes cover of it? Who? Warren Zevon used to open oh. his shows with it. There is no bad Elvis songs. Okay. Uh, you're running out of time, <laughs> GLers. <laughs> What's coming up?
up on the right. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas is coming up. You want to save yourself and uh, produce the wonderful memories in your own home, get to an RF Moeller jewelry store and he dined at 50th in france ford in cleveland and st paul gavaday common in downtown minneapolis you will be welcomed with merry christmas uh, and friendliness and you are going to be in the world of fine diamonds and rubies and gemstones and necklaces and earrings and bracelets and really wonderful wonderful watches because you're not there to buy a, something practical or something that's needed if you're going to do that you get a new garage door opener right you're going to go in there and you're going to get something that will be remembered and shared and passed down from generation to generation because as i say as i say it's the l word time you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. the l word time and uh, nobody better to help you than molar they've been around for 68 years and they're going to take care of you you're going to like the pricing you're going to love the gift wrapping visit rf molar jeweler they'll help you find a gift that expresses your love (laughs) edina st paul downtown minneapolis or online at rfmolar.com it's the end of the world as we know it and he feels fine Uh, I want to take a minute and mention our friends over at 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. You know, that little cute little place that we all uh, were at after the night of of Lacey's deal. Yeah, Uh, We've gotten a lot of people that have have gone in thanks to our partnership here with 30 Bales Restaurant, including John. I've got another email from Tom. And uh, a lot of people are chiming in on Twitter doing pictures of the food, which I know some of us think that's weird, but I don't care when it's 30 Bales. You need to check them out. They have a fantastic happy hour Tuesday through Friday. Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. Most menu items are $5, and all of their draft beers are 5 bucks. It's an extremely affordable happy hour. Plus, take your family there for brunch this weekend. Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., their brunch menu is absolutely outstanding. It's the holiday season. A lot of people bring in family in town. Hey, Go to 30 Bales and tell Todd and Tom, they are the owners there, that you heard about on the GL Podcast. They are longtime fans of Garage Logic. You can look at their entire menu online right now. Spell it out, 30bales.com, and make sure you let them know that the GL Podcast sent you today. Kenny inadvertently let it slip that he and Mrs. Kenny do not yet have a Christmas tree. I'm going to save you. Say what? Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores has, I don't know if every Fratelloni's Hardware Store has a Christmas tree lot. I would call but, before. But the one I go to, Grandendale, mm-hmm. a great Christmas tree lot and great prices. Same with Andover. Yeah. I can actually cover Grandendale and Lake Street on the way home. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'll just drive by both What about places. Grand and Amherst right by McAllister, too? Here's uh, oh, John Height. Okay, I'll go they don't have too. a lot there. No, but you can get some, I think, some garland. Here's John Height. <laughs> uh, be- be- <laughs> you ever any, do you have a need for any garland? Matthew, you're not at all irritating to me. Before uh, we do news, uh, today, of course, is the day, although Chris kind of messed it up, but that's okay. What did I do? Well, you, you put our show on a little early, but that's fine. A lot of people have already oh, listened I'm to the, the, uh, the, the new Fret Club. Who was the artist? Uh, there's two of them. It's a twofer. All right. We got a 2009 interview uh, with Rick Derringer, Wonderful. who's always been a favorite of mine. Yep. And we have a partial interview with a fellow by the name of Anders Osborne, who's a... Uh, Kind of a uh, hippie, uh, I don't know how to describe him, really good songwriter, really good guitar player. He's, he's out there uh, uh, a ways, let's put it that way. Yeah. But he's very, very good. Uh, there's a song I advise you to listen to called At 47 that he put out about six years ago All right, uh, that you should listen to. But those are the two interviews. 
Uh, I took a clip here from Anders. Anders, uh, you mean Anders? No, I think Jan's going with well, the correct. See, I, I had to go with Anders after the conversation yeah. the other day. Anders talked about uh, a very unique guitar that he had built for himself. Quite a bit. I have a custom-made Delaney out of Texas, um, Les Paul style. He calls it Lagrange. Okay, um, mm-hmm. and that's made out of part of the wood is from my house, the Cypress. From oh. 1889, so it's um, some leftover pieces when I was doing a reno, and I mm-hmm. sent it to him. So he's used that, and that one sounds really hot. It's very cool huh. sounding. So 130 year old wood hmm. used from his house. That when is they so the cool. I uh, both guys very interesting. Derringer's had a great career. He played with Edgar Winter, of course. He had his own hit with Rock and Roll Luchiku. The album that's from a brilliant album called All American Boy. He's played on Steely Dan records. He's played on Donald Fagan solo records. He's done. Tons of studio work. Uh, both interesting but, interviews. As far as his own career goes, he's basically a one-hit wonder, right? Yeah, very much so, yeah. Very much so. A lot of those in the 60s. Right? The, well, every group I hear from the 60s basically was if, a one-hit wonder. Every, every so single what, one of them. Let's take our premise first here. Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo was the 70s, not the 60s. So the premise in and of itself <laughs> it gets worse. It just is, gets worse. It's wrong. My premise is on 60s on 6 on satellite radio, no. virtually every song was a one-hit one. Every there's a lot single of, uh, one, John. But see, there's a lot. You know, the Beatles, the Kinks, no, the yeah. Beach Boys, the, uh, the Temptations, the Supremes, the Stones. They weren't one-hit wonders. Beach Boys. There's a lot of, uh, there were a lot of bands and solo artists. Uh, Neil Diamond started in the 60s, had Kiss. a lot of hits in the 60s. No, Kiss wasn't around in Kiss the 60s. Kiss was the 80s. Again. Neil Diamond has been around since the 60s? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did not Solitary know Man and Cherry Cherry. Okay, John. Brooklyn Roads. Yeah. <clears throat> Do the news. Huh? Yeah. Hurry up. I got to figure Brooke, out didn't you watch? You went to Neil Diamond when he was in town last. Uh, yes, I did. I've been there uh, twice. Been there many times. Yep. Been, been there, there many, many times. times. He dragged yeah. his wife to Neil Diamond. No, that was Barry, no, that was Barry Manilow. Manilow. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, in news. Yeah, then they went to a cat video convention. <laughs> Yeah, that Twice. was earlier in the year. Two or three times, yes. maybe. I'm pretty sure I'll be going to that this year. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> You're right, Traffic Kitty. <laughs> a, a Powerball ticket. Oh, I didn't tell him how to. It's the Fred Club. It's uh, at uh, podcastone.com or just go to gl.garagelogic.com and click on more uh, more uh, podcasts, we call it. So we're propping you up, too, huh? We are. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Well, actually, you are. Joe is. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yeah. A Powerball ticket sold in Mankato won $1 million. This comes just days after a winning $1.6 million go for five tickets selected in Hermantown. According to the lottery, it was uh, purchased at a quick trip along Madison Avenue East. Match the first five numbers drawn. I've been in that quick trip seven million times. Uh, drawn Wednesday. Uh, quick trip earns five grand for selling the winning tickets. Meanwhile, the $1.6 million one in Hermantown has not yet been claimed. Winners, of course, have one year from the date of the drawing to claim their lottery winnings. See, Joe, when you'd get done partying, you know, along the riverfront in Mankato, when you're stumbling back to your dorm room, you would stop at quick trip for a... Maybe a twin ham and some potato salad before you crash for the night. Pretty good. Oh, sounds, yeah. sounds great. Piece of six or seven hour old pizza. That's oh, interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Good stuff, Chris. Yeah. From the from the Star Tribune, Ryan Companies, the company leading the massive redevelopment of the former Ford plant in St. Paul, has purchased the property for sixty one million dollars. The company announced Thursday, the one hundred twenty two acre site owned for nearly a century by the Ford Motor Company, which manufactured trucks and cleaned up the pollution after the factory closed in twenty eleven. Ryan also named a company and two organizations that will develop housing on the site. Weedner Apartment Homes will develop market-rate apartments and has acquired parcels as part of the transaction. 
The companies are already partners on a development in Minneapolis's uptown neighborhood called Daymark. Common Bond Communities and Project for Pride in Living, Inc. will work on the affordable housing element, which must make up 20% of the units created, according to the company. Top Senate Republican on Thursday announcing what he called the unfair House impeachment of President Trump and reassured Trump and his supporters that moments like this are why the United States Senate exists. Mitch McConnell in remarks prepared for the floor accused House Speaker Nancy Pelosi of being afraid to send their shoddy work product to the Senate after she threw uncertainty into the impeachment process by refusing to say she would send the articles to the Senate. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin said Thursday President Trump was impeached for what he called far-fetched reasons, calling the move by Democrats a continuation of their fight against the Republican leader. He likened Trump's impeachment to the earlier U.S. probe into collusion with Russia, which Putin downplayed as groundless. Great. We got Putin on Trump's side. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's been that way for quite some time, I guess. if you haven't noticed. You know, it's uh, Christmas time in yes, Hollis, Queens. Mama's cooking chicken and collard greens. It's also Christmas time in White Bear Lake, where the Minnesotan has its wonderful shop and has so much to offer. It's the one-stop shop for everyone on your Christmas list. It's called the Minnesotan. The store is bursting at the seams with one-of-a-kind apparel gifts. Your people are going to love to wear, and you're going to love to give them. The Minnesotan is the last-minute delivery experts. Order on my birthday, 1223, and it's delivered <laughs> Christmas Eve throughout the Twin City metro area, so you're covered. Enter code GL for free shipping through Christmas Eve, and they're open early, open late, shipping at the last minute. Here's the deal. Visit the flagship store in White Bear Lake this Saturday from 1 to 4 p.m. and have a complimentary Tom and Jerry with everyone's favorite cousin, Cousin Eddie. That's right. I'm going to be there from 1 to 3 serving up complimentary Tom and Jerry's beer and more. You can get some pictures. When is this? This is this Saturday. From Cousin one, Eddie? Cousin Eddie will be there from 1 to 4 at the Minnesotan. Twitter's full. Twi- it's Twitter's full, baby. Let's go. Here's the deal. The Minnesotan.com is the website. Say Merry Christmas from their favorite store. It's called The Minnesotan. We'll see you this Saturday from 1 to 4 p.m. downtown White Bear Lake. It's called The Minnesotan. A former Miss Kentucky who worked as a teacher in West Virginia has admitted to exchanging sexual photos with a 15-year-old student. 29-year-old Ramsey Bethann Beers pleaded guilty Tuesday to one count of possessing material depicting minors in sexually explicit conduct. She told the court that she made a mistake. You when- did this story yesterday. No, I, I didn't. Pretty sure you did. No, I would have remembered the name Ramsey because I would have had to foghorn it. Yeah, I didn't do this one yesterday. I think you had a different one this week, though. Yeah. This happens all the time. A different she, Miss Kentucky? No, a different... Well, this is Miss Kentucky, for Different horny teacher. You know, maybe, Miss Kentucky. maybe I heard this at my other job. <laughs> Sorry. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, don't start mixing up stories you're hearing elsewhere. I'm, I'm sorry, Jason. Time for a dirt I, I mean, Joe. John. Yeah, John. Yeah, thanks. She told the court she made a mistake when talking with the teen on Snapchat last year. Authorities say she and the student exchanged photos between August and October 2018. Huh. One of the student's parents found lewd photos of beers on the student's phone. Uh, Beers, who was crowned Miss Kentucky in 2014 under the maiden name of Carpenter, says she meant to send the risque photo to her husband, but Uh accidentally sent it to the teen. She claimed at that point... To the lucky teen? She claimed the student at that point wanted more photos, and she said she continued to send them because, quote, I was afraid not to appease him. 
She said, since I'm the adult and he was just a teenager, it's my fault. I accept full blame for the situation. She faces up to two years in prison when she'll be sentenced in January, in addition to the possibility of being ordered to register as a sex offender for the rest of her life and being on probation for up to 50 years. Any uh, word on Mr.? No. Yeah. yeah, we don't. Miss know Kentucky, that wouldn't be bad. <laughs> yeah. We did some research, Rook and I did. Yeah, yeah. Attractive gal. Yes. Looks like she can play the fiddle. Yep. Uh, by the way, I got a reply from uh, Dan about that photo in Phoenix. It was from 2016, but he says I do have others that are later. I sent the one because the wife and I were listening to the GL discussion about the warm temperatures. I see. 120 degree days are nothing here in the summer. He says. Yeah. Prior to their asteroid-linked extinction, dinosaurs were already struggling to survive due to a sharp increase in mercury levels caused by a massive volcano eruption. Yep, they were poisoned, weren't they, John? Yeah. Researchers looked at fossilized marine mollusk shells from across the globe. The researchers discovered what appeared to be a global signal of both abrupt ocean warming and distinctly elevated mercury concentrations. Uh, Kyle Meyer, who's the lead author of the new study, said for the first time we can provide insights into the distinct climatic and environmental impacts of Decon Trap's volcanism. 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 Volcanism? Hail the Volks! Hail the Volks! Whatever. It's uh, volcanoes. Thank you, John. Hey, by the way, what do you guys think of this sweet new shirt I've got? That is cool. Very nice. Did you get that at the Minnesotan? No, I got it at garagelogic.com. I got to get one. And I ordered this. I think I got it in eight or nine days. Is that called a quarter zip? This is the quarter zip. It says Garage Logic on the front. I'm going to tweet out a photo of it. I think you should. should just go to the... Whatever. Because I wanted to see how it works. All I wanted right. to, you know. You, wait, you got it before Christmas? Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> we don't anticipate that. But if you want to order your <laughs> quarter zip, please, please do so at garagelogic.com. I got it. You got it? I got it. All you right, get you got it. Her. How All many right. locations at Moeller, by the way? Three. Uh, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul. 50th yep. in France in Edina and in Gabaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. Got it, bro. Merry Christmas from the Molers. Merry Christmas. GarageLogic.com. A lot of audio presents for you. You can get caught up on any podcast that you've missed, including the Monday Night Sports Talk podcast, which is also posted. But poke around there. You can find out how to order that garb, that quarter zip that Reavers is wearing today. And you can check out some of the other features. What's on Joe's bookshelf and author's corner. And the very talented Greg Holcomb has captured Garage Logic in cartoon form. That can be found at garagelogic.com. Catch you next time.